Greetings Stationeers and welcome to the next episode of the Revelation Station podcast. Hello there, Gary. Oh, hi Simon, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Well, you know. What beer are you drinking today, Gary? Well, funny you should say we that. Talked about your, we've not talked about your beer for a few few episodes, have no, we? No, we haven't. I'm uh, drinking Brewdog's Hazy Jane. It's a light, refreshing uh, IPA, New England IPA. It's quite fruity, it's quite light, and uh, I am available for doing advertisement for them, or if they would like to sponsor us and send me free beer, that would be awesome. I do like Brewdog, actually. They're nice. They're not a bad little brewery, actually, and they were, mm. they were, they were on offer this week. So anyway, I've forgotten how to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> of course you know how to have a conversation, Simon. I talk and you listen. <laughs> That's true. And you interrupt me when I um, I'd just like to say at this point that I don't interrupt you at all. <laughs> That's not true. Are you claiming that this is fake news and I just edit you interrupting me into the podcast? <laughs> I never interrupt you. You always edit it to look like I'm a bad guy. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely fake true. News. Absolutely true, listeners. I'm fake as polite news. as polite can be. And Simon is just <laughs> so intensely interested in destroying my credibility that he edits <laughs> me to sound like a fool. Not a lot of editing involved, though, is there, to be fair? Not really. In fact, in fact, it's the opposite. I edit you to sound like you're not a fool most of the time. Oh my god! This is you edit to make me sound better. <laughs> That's a lot of editing. That is a lot <sighs> of editing. Anyway, how's how's things with you? Are you uh, back at work? Are you locked down? No, I'm still at work. I have not been locked down or at home or anything. I've barely had a holiday this year. But fortunately, that means that all of my holidays have been saved up until December. So I've practically got the whole of December off. Wicked. That sounds good. I have been locked down and I've been busy working on extra things for the podcast, which uh, listeners will start to be hearing soon. I'd just like to send my apologies to our listeners then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you will have heard about that a little bit in last week's episode where we talked about buy me a coffee extras oh yeah i vaguely remember yeah. no i don't remember it at all I, I i don't listen to this podcast so well we normally talk about it towards the end but let's talk about it now at the moment uh if you donate through buymeacoffee.com i've recorded 10 mini episodes exclusively for people who donated um they're each about 15 minutes ish long nothing that we're going to be covering in the actual podcast so you won't be missing out on anything but they are free for people who have donated to buymeacoffee.com. Just a little interesting thing to say thank you, really, but nothing of any yeah. merit that will make people grind their teeth because they're not getting access to it. Not like a loot box on a game <laughs> or anything. No, nothing like that. It's not like it's a. We're, it's not like we're reviewing a whole new album or we've completed a whole new episode. It's no. literally me talking about two records in each episode, and that's it. So, so for all those who haven't got on. access to that, you may be thankful now that you realise that it's just Simon talking at you for a couple of minutes. Yes, you probably will be, yeah. I, I, I sympathise with you because I have Simon talking at me quite a lot and, and you know, it, it <laughs> gets tiring after a while. Well, being on my own all day, I have to talk to somebody and I talk to myself. So I record that and then put them out as a little mini episodes. <laughs> so we get to listen to your mania and sort yeah, exactly. of devolution into madness. Is that what it is you're offering people as a thank you, Simon? Exactly, yeah. And those are being released uh, every or Monday. For, or escaped every Monday for the next 10 weeks. Um, manic Mondays, if you like. Um, and yeah, donate donate to buymeacoffee.com. Go to buymeacoffee.com. So it's a revelation station and donate there yeah so it's just anyway. a, it's 
just the tiny, tiniest of thank yous to those who have, but nothing of, of relevance so that you don't have to feel like you're missing out if you're tight and haven't, I mean, if you don't feel like, you know, um, donating to us. <laughs> if you don't feel like donating $3 to the running of the podcast for 10 mini episodes, well, that's up to you. Well, sounds like a bargain <laughs> to me, Simon. Yes, yes. Let's get on so, with the album. <laughs> let's get on with this. This week we've been listening to Please Don't Touch by Steve Hackett. Have we really? Yes, we have. It just so happens I have. <laughs> Good. So anyway, Steve Hackett's second studio album. Second studio album. First one he released since leaving Genesis. Yeah, 1978. Uh, yeah. It did pretty well, actually, in the charts. UK, number 38. Yeah, not too bad. US, 103. That ain't bad. Didn't do quite as well in the UK as his debut solo album. Um, in, in the UK, Voyage of the Acolyte got to number 26. But in the USA, Voyage of the Acolyte got to number 191, which seems to be a smart common place for Genesis solo albums to get to. Both Brand X and Anthony Phillips got to 191. It does. It's weird so, that he actually did worse in the UK and better in the US with this album. Mm. But then when you consider that some of the sounds and some of the artists he's using on this yes. album are... Very American. American. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, that you can see why it. some of the artists that were chosen would really appeal because Kansas had just had exactly. their big hit a little while before that. So, they did. you know, that's going to bring a yes. few listeners in. No, this is exactly. getting ahead of ourselves because we're, we're discussing singers that are on the <laughs> album that we haven't actually got into yet. Suffice yes. to say that there are some fairly well-known names singing on this album. There are. So this album was recorded between November 1977 and February 1978, and he recorded it in Hollywood, in New York, and in London. Hollywood! 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 It was released on April 1978 and reached those positions. And also, he got a band together and went on a solo tour for this one. This is quite an eclectic album. I mean, we'll go more into that when we get into the actual album, but he actually, Steve was making a conscious effort to try try lots of different styles on this album. Yeah, you can um, see it's kind of like uh, Peter Gabriel's first album. You know, we, yes. we were on about that and we discussed how he was trying to find his feet by having many different styles. Yeah. This album's yes. kind of the same thing, isn't it? Although... Very similar. I don't think this album's quite as eclectic as Peter Gabriel's mm. was. Because even though there are lots of styles, they're held together much better because of the use of the same sort of instruments all the way through. Yeah, I mean, Peter obviously tried lots of different arrangements for things, whereas Steve is a guitarist, so his primary instrument is going to be guitar. Yeah, if he'd started so, doing the French horn, we'd be surprised, but yeah, you know, exactly. he's pretty much stuck <laughs> with the guitar all the way through it, hasn't he? Exactly. I mean, he used three singers on this album, we've already mentioned. Um, he used Steve Walsh, who was from Kansas, the band, not the <laughs> He was from the state. band, not from the state. Yeah. 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 Um, although he might have been from the state as well, as far as I know. I don't really no understand. idea where he came, comes from. Yeah. Ah. Um, he used Richie Havens, who was a folk singer, who was most famous for his performance at Woodstock. Yeah, he was the uh, opening he, act at Woodstock, wasn't he? He was. Uh, and he had to stay on much longer than he'd intended because he a lot of the other acts were delayed. By his account, he ended up staying on stage for three hours. By most other people's account, it was 50 minutes. But he only had about half an hour's worth of material. Um, so <laughs> we've we've all been on stage at some point, and fifty <laughs> minutes can seem like three hours. 
exactly. Um, he also supported Genesis at Earl's Court. He did on the in Wind 1977. Tour. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that's where Steve got to know him and met him and asked him to work on his album with him. They actually invite, invited him back for lunch, didn't he, at his house? He did, yes. He and did. that's where he said, I'm doing an album. Would you like to sing on a track or two? And then he's also got Randy Crawford on the album, who at the time was an unknown singer, but went on to become one of the biggest British, although she isn't British, uh, soul singers in the early 80s. Um, she's best known for the 1979 hit Street Life. Street Life. That's the one by the Crusaders. Um, and she had a number one hit single in the UK with One Day I'll Fly Away. Yeah, she's had a much better career over here than she has in the States itself, hasn't she? She has. She's still pretty much unknown in the States, but she was a really big act in the UK. So this was her first prominent recording because up to this point she'd done little things in America. Uh, and after this, she became really, really famous in the UK. Well, so, it's not surprising, I really, because, um, I mean, we'll discuss this when we get to it, but she really has got a cracking voice. She has. I always liked her. I mean, Street Life is a brilliant, brilliant song. It is. Even if you're not into that kind of music, you've got to appreciate yeah. the singing on it. Now, the reason Steve used American singers on this was because he said that the American vocalists are the best. Bit of a controversial uh, wow. statement wow. there. Was that sticking uh, it to Peter Gabriel? <laughs> and Phil, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's weird. I... I when I looked at the lineup on this album, I assumed hmm. that he'd pick those purely to break more into the American market. Yeah, I mean, it might very well have been, to be honest. Because it's a corky I mean, move, yeah. considering how, you know, not overly well his his first album did. And you hmm. think, how else can I get really get into the States? Use American well-known vocalists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kansas were really big at the time because they just had Carry On My Wayward Son had, had been a hit. So using Steve Walsh on two tracks on the album. It's probably a good move from that point of view because yeah. he's immediately from a, from a got Genesis fans. Not a merchandise. Genesis fans and Kansas fans wanting to buy his, his album. Yeah, it's a twofer, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Cover is once again by Kim Poor. Yes. Uh, what do you think of the cover? It's um, it's odd. It is very Genesis-y, nursery crimey, mm. I think. Sort of... It is. Well, it's odd, isn't it? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure it goes yeah. with the album. Um, I really, really don't like this album cover. Really? I think it, it's I got a lot going like on, hasn't it? It's just, Kim Poor's artwork for me isn't brilliant. She does get better and the next album cover is better. And then after this, her album covers are a lot better, I think. But these first two album covers, I just think they're too many ideas. It's too unfocused. I'm sure she appreciates the fact that you say she gets better. I'm sure she will. Yeah, so Kim Poor is Brazilian. Yes. Um, she exhibited first at 12, something we have in common. Hence my um, police record. Yeah. Um, and she, yes, her main medium is powdered glass fused onto steel, a process she called diaphanism, which since mm. then has actually got into the Oxford English Dictionary as a thing. So that's wow. an actual recognised style now. And she actually Ooh. developed it. And uh, yeah, I think her, her artwork, as you say, it's it's odd. I mean, when you yeah. see some of the normal stuff that she's done on her webpage, for instance, mm. it's etheric. And odd. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you. This this cover, it's got so much going on, which can be fun. You know, when you get something yeah. you can really look into. Um, but I, I, I don't think this piece of art particularly well covers this album. Yeah. Um, maybe the second track. Yeah. Um, I think that's but what not it's the album supposed to be. Ball, I think. Yeah. No. I mean, at least there's nobody stealing a bowling ball. That is true. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Obviously, they've learned their lessons now. They've learned their lessons now. But it's, <laughs> no, I don't mind it. It's okay, but it is it is a bit 
overly busy. But yeah, not to my taste. Um, but yeah, so Steve was still signed to Charisma at this point in the in the UK and worldwide, apart from the USA, um, yeah. and where he was signed to Chrysalis Records. And apparently, the the pull from the two different sides is one of the reasons why he says, Steve says this album's a bit more eclectic than he would have liked and not quite as as cohesive because he was trying to appease two different markets. Well, I think that that was obvious from his the choice of artists that he's he's got on this album, really. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it did quite well, as you've said. Not quite as well in the UK as in the America, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's all the facts I've got. So, I mean, as you say, this is, this is a very eclectic album. There's a lot of stuff going on here. It's not as mm-hmm. weird as Peter's first album, which was many different styles and sounds. Yep. This has many styles to it, but they're all of a mm-hmm. similar sound, yes. um, which holds. I think that works really well on this album because it kind of holds it together as mm. a whole thing. There's no point yeah. where there's a song that sticks out as so different that you don't think it belongs on this album. Oh, I don't know. Really? Well, we'll come to that as we discuss the we'll, tracks. I we'll think. come on to that. I, I, one track in particular, I I think I disagree with on, but I know what you mean. It, you always disagree with me on something. <laughs> There are similar sounds on this album, on the tracks on this album. And, you know, the difference between this album and Voyage of the Acolyte is that Voyage of the Acolyte was almost completely made up of tracks that Steve had written, intending them to be used by Genesis. Yeah. So they all sounded very Genesis-y. Yeah. There's very little on here that sounds Genesis-y, bar maybe... Exactly. There's maybe one track I can think of that could, you could see... Genesis yeah. doing, but other than that, everything on here is so ungenesis like. It is of the and time, it, yeah. Um, and in many ways, this is this is more like a debut from Steve. I agree. Yeah, it's very it's, much a breakout from what you'd expect from him. Exactly, because he's had no influence from you know, regardless of whether those tracks that he wrote and they rehearsed that ended up on Voyage of the Acolyte, regardless of whether Genesis wanted to use them or not those people would have played on them and influenced the way they sounded a little bit, at least. Yes. And obviously he had Mike and he had Phil playing on there as well. So there was that Genesis influence. Yeah. But this has got no Genesis influence, really. At all. Um, I mean, Chester plays drums on some of the tracks, Chester Thompson. Yes. But he's not written any of the tracks. No, it's just uh, literally drumming. Yes. So that's all the facts I have. So shall we go into the first track on the album? Let's. What's it called? It's called Narnia.
So what do you think of that track then? I've heard this album several times now, but the first time I heard this album, I, yes. this started and I thought, this sounds pretty good. And then mm. Steve Walsh started screaming into the microphone, which is his style. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he can do a sing that isn't a shout. And I thought, oh, God, that voice really doesn't go with this song. Mm. It's too bombastic for what is a gentle song, effectively. Yeah. But the more I listened to it, um, I settled into it. And I thought, actually, it, it's not bad with that singer. I don't, th- mm. I don't know if it's the one I'd choose, but I can live with it now. I know Steve's interested in my opinion, obviously. Um, of course he is. He's, he's probably listening to this right now. Probably is, you know, and filling out that Hitman contract. No, it, it took me a while to get settled with this singer because it was, yeah. it was just too brash when I first heard it, for what I thought the song was going to be. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind Steve Walsh. To be honest, I'm not really familiar with Kansas. I know Carry On My Wayward Son, and that's about it. Um, So I don't know what he's normally like. But for me, the vocals sounded like they were recorded in a cave. They sounded really echoey. I don't know if that's because I was listening to it on headphones for the most part. Could be. But they they sounded really, yeah, kind of, like I say, like they were recorded in a cave. But they didn't seem to be shouty to me. They seemed all right. No, but I just meant they were shouty for what the music suggested it was going to be. Because he just has that very loud, shouty singing style, which is great on a rock track. But this isn't an overly rock track. It's it's a mild rock track. I mean, this is more of a a pop song. I mean, I really like the introduction, the guitar introduction. I like that nice jangly bit. And then it goes into a really nice pop song. Yes, it's nice and powerful. Yeah, it's... I mean, the subject matter is a little bit twee. Some of the lyrics are a bit um, hokey, shall we say, a bit amateurish. It it comes across, but not enough to put you off the song. I'm going to come out and say I really like this song. Um, I enjoyed it. I think Steve and Steve both do very well on this. Guitar Steve and singing Steve. This was going to be released as a single um, with a singer called John Perry. uh, Yeah, because the studio didn't like um, Steve's singing on this. With regard to releasing it as a single, did they? Yeah, I mean, they seem to think people would mistake it for a Kansas song. And I don't know enough about Kansas, like I said, to know, but it doesn't sound like, from what I've heard of Kansas, that you would mistake the two. At the time this was released, it was only his singing that would remind you of Kansas, not the music at all. Yeah, so it seems a bit odd. But they used John Perry, who was the bass player in uh, the punk band, The Only Ones. Ah. who you may know from the song Another Girl, Another Planet. No, I don't. was their, their big hit. Um, you probably recognise that song if you heard it, because it, loads of people have covered it. Oh, fair um, enough. But it seems really weird that they would get that guy to sing it for the single version, which incidentally was never released. And it'd be interesting to know how that meeting went down between Steve and the record label about why they wanted to swap the singers. Ah, now you say that. I think I've got a tape of that very meeting here somewhere. Let me have a look in my Joro plenty. Ooh. Aha! I have it. Play this. Excellent. Wrap this one round your lug holes. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. No problem. I'll get it to you Monday. Ah, Steve, my boy. Come in, come in. Sit down. Can I get you a drink? No, thanks, Tony Stratton-Smith. I'm all good. Call me Tony, please, Steve. You've always been so formal. Uh... Okay. Now, I've called you here today to discuss your plans for your new album. Since you left Genesis, you've been sitting on your f***ing in LA, hobnobbing with the f***ing soul singers. What the hell is going on then, eh? I've not been sitting on my ass, Tony. Actually, I've been recording a whole new album, and it's finished. I've got it here. Finished it, eh? Well, my heartfelt 
fucking apologies. All right, so you've got a new album. Tell me about it. How long are the songs? Well, uh, they vary, really. From about a minute and a half to nearly seven minutes. Seven minutes? And you think Genesis fans want songs that short, do you? I didn't write this for Genesis fans, Tony. Then who the f***ing hell did you write it for, you p- I wrote it for myself. Listen, you t- I didn't agree to keep you on the books so you could talk about making music for yourself. I want a hit album. Do you hear me? Yeah, Tony, I hear you. Stop shouting. All right, all right. I suppose we might be able to run some tracks into each other and make a longer fucking sweep. Oh, yeah? I've got some tracks on the second side that are supposed to do that. Well, okay then. Tell me a bit more about the album. What's the first track? Well, it's called Narnia and... Narnia? Oh, for Say, listen, I've had enough f***ing albums based on books. Tony and Mike are both banging on about f***ing books. What good have books have I f***ing done for anyone? Oh, no, no, it's not really. Just this song. It's about childhood. Well, and the line, the witch in the wardrobe as well, I suppose. All right, who's singing it? Tell me it's not f***ing you. No, I do sing a couple. Well, they ain't going on the f***ing album, then. But on this one, I've got Steve Walsh to sing. Steve Walsh? The footballer with all the red cards? Uh, no. I don't know who that is. I mean, Steve Walsh, out of Kansas. You know, carry on my wayward son. Yeah, I know it. F***ing good song. Yeah, I want to release it as a single. Nah, people will think it's Kansas. I mean, they won't. Nah, we'll get the singer out of Journey to do it. Uh, John Perry. John Perry? No, no, I think it's Steve Perry in Journey. Are you f***ing questioning me? Gail! Get John Perry's management on the phone. I want him to record vocals on a new Steve Ackett single. Get it sorted, please. Right, what else you got? Um, I've got Richie Avens to sing on a couple of tracks as well. Good. And I found a fantastic new singer in the USA, Randy Crawford. She's going to be huge. Okay, sounds like a f***ing plan. What else have you got? Well, I wrote a musical piece about Kim Paul. It's called Kim, and it has my brother John playing flute. That'll better not be your seven minute long track. No, it isn't. Oh, and I've got a track inspired by Agatha Christie called Carry On Up The Vicarage. (sighs) Are you having a f***ing laugh? Yeah, it's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. Listen, you f***ing muppet. I've had enough of this with Peter f***ing Gabriel and Charlie f***ing Drake. If I wanted a comedy album, I'd have signed Monty f***ing Python. It's just one track. It had better be. So you've recorded all this, have you? Yes, Tony. I've got the master tapes right here. All right, then. We'll get John Perry to record the vocals and then put out Narnia as a single. This had better be a hit, Ackett, or you're for it. OK. Now, get out! Steve Perry in Journey. So they didn't like uh, Steve singing this, and um, they got John to do the singing. Um, yeah. But that, that particular version, you can actually hear on the reissue that they did in 2005. They put it on an extra track, didn't they? That's right, yeah. you can. That's on Spotify and Apple Music and anywhere you stream music or download music. Uh, we aren't going to be listening to that version. Because no, because we're not, purists. It's, it's not on my version of the album, so we ain't listened to it. Yeah, we're just um, listening to the original release version yes. of this album yep. not the uh, 2005 with the extra tracks or anything like that we've nope, been purists nope. this week for a change yes but um in my opinion to be honest it's not as good because i have listened to that on spotify and that version isn't as good as the steve walsh version so, so yeah. 
I found this track jarring when I very first started listening to the album. Yeah. But now I've listened to it five or six times. I actually really love this track. I think it's a good yeah. track. Good opener. It is. It is. I mean, I I first heard this track. I've got a bootleg of a Steve Hackett concert from Sheffield, which was broadcast on the radio. And he played Narnia for a couple of years on tour after it was released. Um, and that's where I first heard this song. And it's not Steve Walsh singing it. It's I, whoever it was in his touring band at the time. And name, I don't know, to be honest. Um, and it works quite well as a live song as well. So Yeah, I can imagine yeah. it would. It's a pretty but powerful uh, song at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. Good. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, enjoyable first track. Good opening. Yep. Let's go on to the next track. Let's. Which is... Carry on up the vicarage. Matron. lively intro isn't it well i'm going to say the first thing i wrote in my notes w t f what does that mean <laughs> you know very well <laughs> yes it's it's considering the first track was what we would consider a standardish rock track yeah this is a complete departure from that but at the same time not a massively complete departure i mean for me it's like it suddenly puts a little bit of context to the other side of the story of you know steve not getting any songs on genesis albums if this was an example of some of the things he was taking to them, I'm really not surprised. I, um, I don't know. I could kind of see this working on like a trick of the tail, musically see, at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to be fair, the music itself is okay, but just the vocal effects and the weirdest special effects and things on it, I, to me, this is just virtually unlistenable. Yeah, it is sung by Hackett, isn't it? He recorded himself yeah. with multiple loops and things to get yeah, I mean, various effects and... I mean, what, what's with the munchkins? <laughs> I, I didn't get that. In fact, it took me a while to be able to understand what he was saying. It was so distorted. Yeah. However, having said that, mm. I quite like this track. I hate this track. Really? Yes. I'm surprised because you usually like the stuff that's out there. It's <laughs> usually me who's, who's the pro- traditionalist <laughs> and going, no, 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 that's not how you do a rock that's music not a song. track. How that's not a song. I'm writing yeah. to my MP. <laughs> now I think this is virtually unlistenable. I just think it's awful. Um and I literally always skip it. The only reason I've not skipped it in the last week when I've been listening to it is so I can make notes on it. But you are such a hero. I know. Not the all things heroes you do cakes. for this podcast, Simon. It's it's <laughs> unheard of. I know. No, I but, like uh, it. I really like it. I like the pipe organ in the middle. It's yeah. a shame really, because that pipe organ was destroyed in a fire. But supposedly. Suppose oh my god. God, is there a, some sort of myth to this? Are we going to do an X-Files episode? Well, about apparently this? There's, there's no evidence that a pipe organ was at that location or 
ever or that it was no destroyed. Evidence. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right? Aliens. Aliens! Aliens stole my pipe organ. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just he's adding all the weird special effects in, isn't it, again, from 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 Voyage of the Acolyte. I did kind of like that on the last album. Yeah. And so I th- I think I like this because it's interesting. There's a lot going on. And I wasn't thrown because mm. I'm already used to his style of doing this sort of thing. So yeah. I didn't see it as anything unusual for him. So I just liked it as a track. I kind of, I really do kind of like it. Mm. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's quirky. Yeah, see, a lot of people have said that in reviews. I've read a lot of reviews over the last week or so of this album, and a lot of people say that it's, it's fun and it's humorous and it's quirky. It's like, I can't hear anything in it. I can't make out the lyrics enough to know that they're being fun and humorous. No, it I've, just sounds like I've a read mess. the lyrics. They're not yeah. funny. Um, they're tongue-in-cheek, shall we say. Yeah. In a very subtle way, because it's not funny. It's only funny yeah. if you kind of realise what he's getting at and what he's yeah. trying to parody. Because there's there's not enough lyrics to form a story. It's just mm. a collection of one-liners, as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's no actual story or anything to this track. It's just random selections of, of, of phrases. Um, yeah. But no, I, I like it. I think it's fun. I think it, mm. musically it's fun. Um, yeah. I don't care what they're singing or, or not. I just think I quite <laughs> kind of enjoy listening to it. It's fun. Well, fair enough. It's not for me. I don't like it. I want to move on to the next track. Racing in A? Yes. Racing in A what? I don't know. Way to the sun No one's stopping me from lying around There's surely something to intro that sounds like it's from something like top gear or something like that like the, the opening music to a car sports show or okay. or a, a top gear style show i think this 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 track is a typical sound of an american 70s rock track yeah and steve walsh being on there as well yeah again um, singing on this one and i believe isn't this one's got the drummer from kansas on it as well i think has it really? Um, whose name escapes me. That's an unusual name. It is, yeah. I've never met anybody called Escapes Me. Name Escapes Me, his name is. There you go. Now, I, 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 again, I like this. I think it's a, a it's a nice track. I love, especially, the the sort of classical guitaring end to it, which, hmm. you know, it slows down. And it, I think this is a nicely yeah. rounded track. See, I'm going to say, I think it's a track of two halves. <laughs> <laughs> and I like both halves. 
don't get me wrong. I think the first half where it's really heavy, I, th- I think if anything, that could be a little bit heavier, but I think that's probably due to the production rather than the song itself. Okay. And I really like the acoustic guitar ending. And I think that's a really nice piece of music. I don't like the fact that the heavy bit suddenly ends and goes straight into the acoustic bit. That to me is really jarring. It just comes out of nowhere. Um, and again, it's like Voyage of the Acolyte, where on Tower Struck Down, where the, the music suddenly stops, yeah. something comes in, and then something carries on afterwards. It would be nice if that transitioned between the two a little more seamlessly. Uh, it does that again on this album, though, um, between yeah. two tracks. Um, I understand what you're saying, but after mm. repeated listening to the album... It doesn't bother me. I, I, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where you quickly get over that. I understand what you're saying. It is quite a jarring transition. But after a couple of listens, you just, yeah, man, whatever. You just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, to me, the first half sounds like Steve's written a really good rocking track, which he then doesn't know how to end. That's a Genesis thing, though, isn't it? And he's got an acoustic ending that he doesn't know how to start. <laughs> Again, so he's jammed the two together. How many how many Genesis albums have we just we talked about <laughs> where we've said that they're yeah. always terrible at ending tracks? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a common thing in a lot of um, uh, rock music. You either get mm. them just singing the chorus again and again yeah. until it fades out, or yeah. they just do a drum roll and stop, or they just yeah. fade it out. It's very difficult to end a rock song well. In this particular case, I would have liked him to have finished the rock song and had the acoustic bit as well as yeah. a separate track. I think okay. that would have been better um, because I really, really like both halves, but I don't like the transition between the two. So overall, the song I like, yeah. but I just think that's it just really... You just find that a bit jarring to you, a little yeah. bit too more, a little yeah. bit more than you can cope with. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's triggering. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to trigger you, do we, Simon? No. Last uh, time you think... were triggered, we had to have 15 <laughs> helicopters and 43 policemen to bring you down. And I think Steve Hackett should have thought about that in 1978 when he was recording this, about how that would affect me now. Thoughtless. Uh, <laughs> it's thoughtless of him. That's what it is. Do you know what you're doing to pour into Simon's brain? Yeah. 42, 42 years later, he should have thought how... 42 years later, and I'm suffering for it now. I'm suffering. Yeah, exactly. He should have thought, you know, somewhere out there, there's a six-year-old little boy who's going to be listening to this one day. <laughs> he will be traumatised Or maybe that was his plan Did you ever maybe, think of that? Maybe, maybe he maybe. saw you somewhere at six years age You go, I'm gonna get him Well we have got the same initials <gasps> Hadn't <laughs> seen that coming uh, It's conspiracy I tell you Aliens Aliens <laughs> Aliens stole my whatever Everything actually uh, They're always uh, stealing my stuff <laughs> Where's my beer? <laughs> So we're disagreeing on this track then, are we? We are. I like it. You love it. You love it. I like it. No, I, yeah, I, I quite like it. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to go any further at this point. I wouldn't skip it. I'd listen to it. Okay. Well, just, there you go. All right. That leads us on to Kim, sung in the style of she. <laughs> Kim. Yeah, yeah. We're never going on tour, are we? It's Kim. It's Kim.
So that was Kim. Mm. Stevie on guitar. His yep. brother John on the flute. Brother John is number nine. Yeah, skipping over that. <clears throat> quite a short <laughs> little track, this one. Yeah, it's really quite lovely, though, isn't it? I really like that. I loved this track. It was so yeah. sweet. It was just yeah. very, very, very pleasant to listen to. Yeah, and obviously, as the name suggests, it's dedicated to Kim Poor, who did the artwork for the, the album and, and would go on to be Steve's wife for many, many years until they that, had a terrible, that, bitter falling out. That, listeners, is how you pick a woman up. You <laughs> write a song for her and put it on your album. You don't exactly. go, I'm going to buy her flowers and send them anonymously, knock on the door and run away like normal British males. Yeah. What you do is you write an album, song, stick it on an album and go, Kim, all wrote is for you. Nah, go out <laughs> with me. That's how you do yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously works. Obviously works. Next time I put out an album, that's what I'm going to do when I go dating again. <laughs> Mind you, around here, what you can do is just put one out called Tracy, and that will cover like 43% of Nottingham. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, I first heard this song um, actually on a different album by Steve. Really? Um, because one of his acoustic albums is called Bay of Kings. Okay. And on that album, he does another version of this, um, and he also does a version of Horizons as well on that album. Okay. Um, the version on Bay of Kings actually has added strings to it, so this is a little bit more stripped back because it's basically just acoustic guitar and flute. So this is a little bit more stripped back than that version that I first heard, and I actually think I prefer this version. Um, it just seems nicer. It's a lovely little track. More heartfelt. It is. It's a short, pleasant, warm little track. Hmm. This is just yeah. this is just something nice. Isn't it? The only thing I have to say against this is it's yes. too short. Hmm. I could listen to this for five minutes. Yeah, it's just so pleasantly nice. Yeah, it is. It's it's really lovely track. I, I nothing bad to say about it at all. And he played it live uh, for many many years as part of his acoustic set. Um, in fact, I think he only stopped playing it live after they got divorced. <laughs> Which yeah. is about 2010, I think. That, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. When you get yeah. divorced, you go, this is called, it's not called Kim anymore. It's called something else. <laughs> Who am I going to date tomorrow? It's called Sarah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call it yeah. Sarah from now on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah. Destroy I'd... all the copies of that album. <laughs> um, but, yeah, really nice track. I like that. Yeah, good. And that leads us straight into... <gasps> How can I? Very easily. Money won't help you to win A new look at things Loving can bring you down till you fall Then why do you still try to get up at all? You couldn't Showing through problems are a part of you. You must love someone else or face life by yourself. You may expect a call, she's waiting in the Nobody else knows 
vocals by Richie Havens. What do you think of that? What a great voice. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's really I good. I love this guy's voice. Yeah. Um, I, I must, I have to admit, I had never heard of him before. Because hmm. he he's sort of, because he's a soul singer and a various yeah. other, not really into my sphere of listening. Um, yeah. So this is really the first time I've heard his voice and I want to hear more of his singing. He's got a great, great voice. Um, so you can, I'd, I'd say, I've never heard of him. I know we said earlier that he opened at Woodstock, yeah. um, but I'd, I'd never heard of him, this side of the yeah. pond. So um, no, yeah. I'd like to hear more. Yeah, I mean, he's a folk singer more than a soul singer. So he was signed to Bob Dylan's uh, record label for a, a good many years. Um, yeah, I like yeah, this track. It's, it's very calming. Yeah, it's a, it is. It's a lovely little track. Again, I'm using the word lovely. I, mean, I know um, we shouldn't be talking about... a. a what is a prog rock album essentially as <laughs> lovely but this is mm. this is really nice yeah i really really like this i mean this was released as a single didn't go anywhere but it was released as a single and there's a video you can find on youtube of them the official video and it's basically steve and, and richie havens facing each other on chairs it's a little um, embarrassing yeah but no i really like this song i think it's a really really good song i'm gonna go one better and say that yeah. this is my favorite track on this side is it? It is. I really I think, like this track. I think this is the last track on the first side of the it vinyl is, as well. Indeed. So yeah, we're, I'd, we're, I'd agree. We're talking about this as as we're doing the original album release, as we are with yes. indeed all of these. We're also mm -hmm. including the fact that they were on vinyl, so yeah. we have to talk about a side A and a side B. I think yeah. because yeah. when they were released like that, we've gone into this before when we've talked about various albums um, mm -hmm. of the period because they were consciously splitting them between side a and side b quite often you had different themes to both sides yeah. Yeah. which when they've been put on cd is, is kind of makes them sound a bit weird sometimes yeah because you know you're getting essentially like two different vibes from the same album but yeah, you know exactly. they, they often did sort of put their albums together so that each side had a very slightly different vibe to it um, yeah well i mean the prime example of that is small creeps day of course where you had the concept side and the non-concept side. Or indeed 2112. Yeah, exactly. So it was fairly common, wasn't it? And Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's quite the case here. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. We're, I'm just saying the fact that we are dealing with it as yeah. two sides. Hence why yeah. we're talking about side one and side two. Or, yeah. if you're American, side A and side B. But yeah, I think I'd agree with you in that case. Yeah, this is probably my favourite on the first side of the vinyl, because I think this is a really good song. It's really, really Beatles-esque. Again, I didn't get that vibe, yeah, really. See, it sounds like the track um, Across the Universe by the Beatles. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar which with is that. one of my favourite Beatles that. tracks, actually. Uh, okay. And it, a lot of the key changes in it sound like that song. Cakey changes. Exactly, cakey changes. Not so much so that I think it's a rip-off of that particular song, but it sounds enough like it to, when I'm listening to it, for it to click in the old memory banks. Change my world. Nothing's gonna change my world. Nothing's gonna change my world. 
Before we go to the next track, though, one one thing I would say about this this track, I think it's almost you could turn this into a Christmas song, like the melody and the set, the way it's sung. If you added like a little kids' choir and some jingle bells and things onto this, plenty of candles. Yeah, I think it'd sound like a Christmas. It'd make a good Christmas song. Somebody should do that. Somebody more talented than me should go and do that. To be fair, uh, you could just release it as it is, and it's so chilling and pleasant to listen to. Mm. But yeah, you'd be fine with that, whatever. Yeah, yeah. A great track. I loved it. Yeah, good song. So the next track is Hoping Love Will Last. I'm going to say this. Yeah. I dare anybody not to be transfixed by this track. It's lovely, isn't it? Her singing is... There's another word there. Amazing. Like I said before, she was pretty much unknown at this point. So Steve's got a real good eye for talent because wow. she yeah. is just a brilliant singer. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I always thought this during the 80s when she was famous and she was in the charts that she had a great voice. Yep. And she just brings everything to this this song, and what a radical departure as well for Steve. Well, it is. I mean, this is this is one of those tracks that sticks out like a thumb on this album, but not in a bad way because it's mm. a real radical change of style yeah. on this album. Because um, yeah. you start off again with the nice guitar, but the main yeah. structure of this song is piano. Yeah, um, and just piano, very very tactful drums mm. and randy belting it out for yep. all she's worth and yeah. 
what a tour de force this is, from <laughs> subtle music to incredible vocals. Why wasn't this released as a single? Because yeah. this has got chart. This well, is this it's got the... late 70s chart written all over it. It has, it has. It's a brilliant track. I'm yeah. not even into this sort of music, and I was absolutely gobsmacked listening to this. Yeah. It is such a lovely track. Yeah, it's just so good. And the ultimate uh, accolade there is that Tony Banks thinks this is a brilliant track as well. So Tony, Tony Banks thinks it. somebody else's stuff is brilliant. Tony Banks thinks Steve's thing is brilliant. Wow. You know, wow. And it was, didn't get on well. It was said without sarcasm. Exactly. Not. I think that's brilliant. I do. Yeah, because rumour has it that, you know, Tony and Steve just didn't get on at all. And that, that, that was one of the reasons why Steve left the band in the first place. Um, do you think? I heard that they, they... Well, actually, rather than listening to what I heard, I think, again, I've got another one of those tapes knocking around. What? Really? I'll, yep. I know. I know. You're shocked, aren't you? I can tell by the amount, pure amount of tapes I have here. I will dig it out for you. Right now. Okay. Here it is. Oh, God. Steve. Steve. Where is he when you need him? Uh, you all right, Tone? Why are you shouting? Who are you looking for? I'm looking for that idiot, Steve. I've written a song and I need a guitar solo. Steve? Well, he left the band, remember? What? When? Why didn't anyone tell me? I'm always the last to know around here. Well, I mean, you were there, Tone. It was you and Mike who told me. Did I? Well, did he say why he left? Yeah. He said that you said you were going to mix down his guitar parts on Seconds Air. He said you never took him seriously as a songwriter. There was a blazing argument and he left. Well, that's what Mike told me. Hmm. I don't remember that. But my keyboard work is far more important than anything else. Even more than the drums. What's his name realises that? Uh, who's our drummer again? Uh, that's me, Tone. You? I thought you were the singer. Who's that other fellow we had on stage then? The one who wears the vests? He sat at the back with the sticks. Where's he? Chester. Why's he gone there? No, that's his name. Chester Thompson. And he plays drums? Yeah. Are you the singer now? Yeah. But you play the drums as well? Yeah. Oh, this is too confusing. So, where's Steve? Tony, he's left the band. What? So who's the guitarist now? Mike. Mike? But I thought he played bass. Well, yeah, he does. And now he also plays guitar. Now, that's just nonsense, Phil. How can he play both? He isn't twins, is he? No, he isn't. Mike plays both when we record. We've got Daryl to help out on stage. And who the hell is Daryl now? We're supposed to be recording, and then there were three, and it turns out we're a bloody orchestra. No, there are just three of us, unless we're playing. Then there's, uh... A bloody orchestra! We'll never find a stage big enough for us all. Calm down, Tone. What can I get you to help you calm down? Steve? He left. Oh, God! Who's going to play? Mike plays guitar and bass now. Do I still play the keyboards? Of course you do. So who plays the keyboards when we're on stage? Rick bloody Waitman! No, you do. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down? Calm down? Everyone's left. Yet there's hundreds of us. We're all playing each other's instruments. 
and I can't find Steve. Oh, for, for the last time, Steve's not here, man. What? Look, take it easy. Steve left, but we're still here. You, Mike, me. Who are you again? Phil. Phil, I'm the blooming drummer and singer. It's just that sometimes we have people to cover for us when we're doing other things. Chester drums for me when I'm singing. And, and who covers for me when I do my other thing? Nobody. You don't have another thing. And who covers for Steve? Oh, black hell. Phil! 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 What? Calm down. Relax. There. That's better. I know who can calm you down. Now, where's Steve? So there you go. So I think he actually did eventually start liking Steve. Maybe that's why he liked this album. Sounds from that like he was really missing Steve. Yeah, yeah. Me. So maybe that's why he said he liked this sort of a yeah. sort of an olive branch. Maybe, yeah. But it is it is a great track. Track though, I really no. I disagree with you. This is an awesome track. Yeah, it's so. Uh, this isn't a pun. So soulful. Yes, it is. I, really, I, I really. love it. I love the music. Very subtle though it is. Yeah. I love the singing. She oh her oh her voice. Yeah. It's so hauntingly beautiful. It is absolutely is. It's, She's um, so good. Yeah, I, I I'm tearing up thinking about it almost, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. It's such <laughs> great singing. She has yeah. what a voice. What an incredible find by Steve. Yeah, yeah, and you you just think, well, how come I haven't heard of her as a super superstar? Yeah, because that's what that voice de- demands. That voice she- is. She was in the early eighties. She was huge, absolutely huge, until about nineteen eighty-three or four. She was massive. Yeah, well, I am um, at the moment, but that's mostly due to <laughs> lockdown and increased amount of beer in my that's system. True. And you are what eighty-three or eighty-four? So and huge, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so coincidences. <laughs> as soon as we get to, back to the pub, I'm give you going to give you such a kicking. <laughs> if I can yeah. obviously move my. Um, Lift my little uh, walker out of the way to give you a good kicking. <laughs> I just push you over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just push um, my wheelchair around, why don't you? <laughs> there you go, Gary. You you park it. You parked it in the middle of the road again, Simon. <laughs> but having said that, that's a radical change in style. I could still imagine that on. And then there were three. I think with Phil. Really? It. Yeah. But I think it would be a lot more busy. I'm going to say that if anybody else had have sung this song, I would be upset mm. because yeah. she she makes this song her own. With yeah, her vocals. that's true. That's very true, actually. You, can't, you couldn't imagine be... anybody else even beginning to have a crack at this and doing yeah. it justice. Not after you've heard that. Probably would have been an okay song if somebody else had sung it. But it's a great song here. But her vocals make it great. Yeah. One of the best on the album, I think. Oh, indeed, by a long mm. shot. I mean, I've liked a lot of the tracks so far, but yeah. this one, I just, I could play this again. In fact, when I've been listening to the album, I've listened to this and then restarted this track about three yeah. or four times before going on to the next track. Yeah, it's Love good. Love it. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough gushing from us over this track. Do you two want to marry it? I mean, it's, it's at that point. Now. You're gonna marry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Enough uh, of that. Let's yep. go on to the next track. Land of a Thousand Autumns.
again another short track yeah it doesn't do very much really does it well I mean, it's kind of eerie and mysterious yeah it's, it's too right. short to do anything of much the thing is it's not really a track on its own no it's, it's more of an intro introduction to the next track very much like in that quiet earth yes uh, on quiet slumbers with sleepers from wind and withering it's it should have been part of the next track it should, it should have. have just been if you wanted it, to it, call, he wanted but, to give it a different name it should have been please don't touch part one land of a thousand autumns part two please don't touch and yeah, that would have worked well. really work as an intro to please don't touch well, it does because he's he's using the same music just in a different way damn you stop naysaying me <laughs> yeah i know but, i know what you're saying but but the, yeah. but the thing is the next track is so out there with some of the things he's trying and doing and various things. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a very subtle introduction to that track. That's but why yeah, I think but... it doesn't go so well because it's not. It's like having a quiet conversation and then mm. somebody going nuts in your ear. It, it doesn't. Oh, I don't know. I think to me this this would make makes more sense if it had just been part of the next track. If it had just been one track, which is how they play. He plays it live. When he played it live, he played this and then straight into Please Don't Touch as a pair in the same way that In That Quiet Earth and Afterglow always get played together when he plays it live. So Please Don't Touch is the next track. Wind and Wuthering, and the band yeah, didn't like it. I can kind of see that. I mean, I yeah. know I know they did that, but then Genesis decided they didn't want to use it. Yeah. Um, but I like this track. I like this track as well. I think it would have fitted really well in Wind and Wuthering, actually. Yeah, because um, it, it's it's a nice little piece at the beginning, then gets about two minutes 20 in, it gets quite whimsical. Yeah. Um, but no, it's good. I like this. Nice change in um, sort of rhythms. But yeah, it sounds sounds a little bit to me like Ace of Wands as well from uh, Voyage of the Acolyte. Some of the, the guitar lines sound like they're echoing back to that on purpose. Rather yes, yeah. I know what you're saying. But yeah, I really like this. It's a little bit repetitive, but it's it not repetitive enough to be annoying. Yeah, I found it interesting um, because of the key changes and various other things. 
also yeah. jarring. Um, yeah. But that kept my interest. It was it was yeah. interesting and jarring. Yeah. Um, like a bus trip down a hill when the driver's fallen asleep. It's another one where, where he's throwing the kitchen sink into it almost, isn't it? You know, It has got that kitchen sink feel. There's, yeah. there's pretty much a bit of everything in here. But again, yeah. that's why I think it's interesting. Yeah, but an, another one where he doesn't really know how to end the song. Uh, <laughs> I'm again going to go back to my old standby, and this is this is normal for quite a lot of rock bands. Yeah, it's just very difficult to end a track sometimes. I think, especially when oh, you're dealing so. with you know huge musical pieces, mm. do you just fade it out? Do you do a drum roll? Um. You know, there's only so many times you could do a drum roll and the cymbal snap and yeah. call it an end. That yeah. would also be repetitive if you did that on the end of every song. But I, think that, I still think there would have been a better way to end it. They're <laughs> 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 just stopping it dead. <laughs> down, yeah. down, well, down. enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> that is what happens. Because yeah. I thought I thought there was something wrong with my CD, so I was yeah. playing it, and it just went. But next track, and I thought, but is there a scratch on this album? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just, mm, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I don't like about it. Literally the only thing I don't like about this track. Everything else I love. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's a great instrumental. It sounds amazing. It's, it's heavy. It's listenable. And yeah. then it just ends, which is disappointing. On the version that we were talking about before, the remastered version, there's a yeah. live version, which is Land of a Thousand Autumns and Please Don't Touch. And he ends it properly. Yeah. So that's worth a listen. But you say that, that it, that it ends suddenly, et cetera, et cetera. But then it jumps into the next track. Yes. And I think that that works really well because it, it mm. sounds like you've switched the television channel. Yeah. I kind of like that effect, that it just mm. goes... Ba, 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 ba. It just not an umpa band. I don't know where that came from. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, it, I, exactly. <laughs> You can do that because you're a vegetarian. I mean, <laughs> I would struggle to do that. I think you've got incredible control there. No, I kind of, I kind of like that. When I was listening to it uh, first time in the car, as you do, you like to do it in the car, don't you? I, I do everything in the car, mate. Mostly driving though. Um, yeah. But it's like, um, no, I like that. It was like suddenly changing a channel or an idea. I thought mm. that was quite interesting. That would have worked for me if he'd have put like the sound of a TV changing. Oh, that might have worked. But, but you do kind of get that on the next track. You get a little staticky sound, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of the next track. Which is? The Voice of Nikam.
I liked this track. Yeah. See, I, I thought it was a bit pointless. It's a bit, yeah. It's a song, Simon. It's not supposed to be a point. It's not a song. It is it's a, not song. a song, though. It's two minutes of sound effects, and then it ends on an acoustic guitar. Ah, playing. but the reason... Do you know why it's called The Voice of Nikam? Yeah, it's in Mixing Desk or something, isn't it? In it. Well, there was a mixing desk called the Neve Computer Assisted Mixer or Mixdown, I think it was called. Mm. Neve Computer Assisted Mixdown by AMS Neve. And yeah. they were using this a lot at the time. It was like an automated editing suite. Um, yeah. And they, they thought he'd name it after that. And I think that's why there's a lot some little sound effects and voice effects in this, because mm. that's the kind of thing you could do with that piece of kit. So yeah. I, I think it was just like... Um, a nod and a thank you to the fact that certain things were now available to musicians thanks to this amazing piece of kit. Hmm. Um, and they were just, just going, cheers, AMS. That's all very interesting, but it still doesn't make this a song. Hey, he just <laughs> sang a small one for his girlfriend. So, you know, <laughs> hey, there's a lot of that going on in this album. Yeah. I think there's also a track on here to Budweiser and a few other things, you know? So he's just saying thanks to everybody on this. But there's nothing to Tony, though. Not surprised. Yeah. And, but yeah, to me, this is not... I don't listen to this track again. It's another one I skip over. It's got quite a nice acoustic ending, but it's just... It's got a lovely classical acoustic ending. Yeah. I like that particularly. Yeah, That I do sends well. me, that one. But no, I, I like this track. I think it's fun and interesting. I love it. Not so keen myself, apart from the acoustic bit. Well, I don't care what you think, well. as you know, as I tell you almost every time you open your mouth. <laughs> yeah, you do. I do. Anyway, the last track on the album. Icarus Ascending. There are many things that I would rather do. Many, many places I would rather be. Same light shines on the 
so Richie Havens again. This one's based on the Greek myth. I don't. Can you guess which one it is? Which Greek myth? Uh, is it Hercules? Yes, it is. Well spotted. <laughs> no, it's Icarus. You know, yes. the stupid son of the brilliant inventor Daedalus. Remember my sand? Don't fly too close to the sun! Shut up, Dad. You don't know what kids are like today. I do what I like. I can fly close to the sun if I like. You can't stop me. Oh, my wings. So what did you think of this one anyway? Hmm. Now I like the I like the song. I really like the song. I think it's really another really really good song with two. It's a charmer, isn't with it? With two caveats. How can you sit there with two caveats on? I'm very hot. Going to the shower with two caveats. <laughs> One caveat. Get out of here. Two caveats. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Come on then. What are your caveats? It starts really abruptly. It's like literally that that acoustic bit of voice of Neckham ends, and this goes bam straight into it with no preamble or introduction or anything and i think that's a little bit too abrupt generally speaking the start of a song is where it starts yeah but it it sounds like it's missing a few seconds from the start the way it starts okay i see what you're saying so the first time i heard this i thought my cd had skipped yeah obviously it hasn't it's just that's the way it starts so yeah it's a little bit meh. and the other thing is this is another one where he's just throwing every little idea into the pot. He does change styles a lot on this. I mean, yeah. there is reggae at one point. Yeah, on that reggae. Um, but on the positive side, I think it shows mm. Richie Haven's uh, uh, voice off really well. It yes. shows, I mean, this and the earlier track, I think yeah. it shows how versatile his voice is. Yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, again, a brilliant choice of singer. I think yeah. he really does this well. And apart from those two little niggles I've got with it, I really like this song. It's a really great track. So apart from the two things you hate the most about this song, hate you about like it. it. I don't hate those things about it. They just niggle me a little bit. Say what you're thinking, Simon. You hate this track, don't you? No, I don't hate this track. I like this track. I don't like the way it starts, and I don't like the fact that it breaks down and throws everything in. Are you doing your two-face on this? I like this track. I hate this track. Oh, he likes this, does he? No, I know. Oh, you do like it, don't you, precious? No, I don't like it. You can't talk to me like that. Oh, I talk to you anyway. I like. <laughs> I think I found what you've been doing in lockdown. Is this your day? <laughs> That's, uh, that's just a little preview of the free episodes you get if you subscribe to <laughs> buymeacoffee.com. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to buy those. <laughs> I'm going to buy a coffee for us. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, a really good track, isn't it, Precious? No, we hate this one. It goes on too long. No, it doesn't. It's too short. Like I think you should do a whole episode like that at some point. <laughs> yeah, I might do. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think this is an awesome track. Yeah, it's good. I really like it. Yeah. I think it's probably my favourite track on the second side. Oh, do you? I see. I I prefer "Please Don't Touch" to this. Again, I don't care what you think. But it's a very close second. I think this is really good. Yeah, yeah. really good. Enjoyed it. Is it a good way to end the album? Does it make you want to put the album on again? That's our criteria, isn't it? I, I will answer that quite honestly. I have been playing this track non-stop really? um, for the last few days. Um, so, yes, this, track album. this album. So I have been restarting this album, and not just yeah. because I've got to listen to it, but because I actually yeah. wanted to listen to it again. So, yeah, it did make me want to listen to the album again. So a big change from the last two albums we listened to, Amp Phillips and Brandon. Massive. I mean, it's a massive change, even from his last album. So, anyway, a good end to the album. 
Yeah. Very good track. So, yeah. And I, I immediately wanted to start listening to the album again. What do we think of the album as a whole? I absolutely, and this quite surprised me, because the last album was okay, but I absolutely, after about the third listen of this album, I realised I actually loved this album. Wow. I thought this was probably one of the best albums I've heard for quite a while, purely because of the different styles being used on here. Yeah. It has something for everyone, and yet something for no one. And I'll explain mm-hmm. that, because if you're a Steve Hackett fan, yeah. you may not be into this album as a whole. Yeah. But if you approach this album yeah. as a collection of songs, you're probably going to love it. Mm. Okay. Because it is a collection of stuff rather than a themed album or an album that you might expect to come from Steve Hackett. Yeah. Um, and I, I absolutely loved the variety on this album. I thought mm. it made it really interesting to listen to. Okay. So I love it. I think this is this is a great, great album. Now, see, I I think it's an enjoyable album. All right. I do enjoy listening to it. Um, but I think there's a lack of cohesion to the album. It doesn't flow very well between tracks. And there are too many odd juxtapositions of different things suddenly dropped in too many different sounds and styles to stop it from being a truly great album i think it's a good album it's not a great album i get what you're saying but at the same time from a switcheroo point of view that is exactly what appeals to me the the different juxtapositions the different styles and the fact that it keeps dropping stuff in that i'm not expecting to drop in it makes it an interesting listen so for that I, i truly really love this album yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's good. I enjoy listening. Like I say, I enjoy listening to it. To me, it sounds like an artist finding his feet. Like we said before, with the first Peter Gabriel album, it was mm-hmm. Peter yep. Gabriel finding his way outside of the band. Yes, um, I think it's I mean, very as again as you said earlier. Um, yeah. That's very true on this album because this is the least Genesis stuff, Genesis stuff that you might expect because. As we said in his previous album, some of those tracks you could have seen transplanted onto a Genesis album and it would have worked. Yeah. There's very little here that you could see being transplanted anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a really good, it's it's confident. That's that's what I think comes across. He's confident in what he's doing. He just isn't sure exactly what he wants to do yet. Fortunately, to prop up his, his ideas, he has yeah. put on some of the most impressive vocals yeah. That I've heard on it's... an album for some time. Yeah. Just for nothing else, for the vocals, it's worth listening to this yeah. album. I mean, I actually would have preferred it if he hadn't used Steve Walsh. Yeah. Richie Havens and Randy Crawford more. I oh Matt, I, yeah, I would have I would pay money to hear that version of this album. Yeah. Um because those those are two superb singers. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean, um, Steve Walsh is a perfectly fine singer, um, but I think he's quite, it's quite jarring on this album, listening to him singing when you know what's coming later. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think it's it's a real shame that he didn't use Randy Crawford on another track. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would have paid for an album just of Randy Crawford singing, to be honest. I think you can actually buy those. Can you? 
yeah, I think you can, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it, it, it would have been an interesting album if you had had those tracks intermingled so that you had a Randy, a Richie, a Randy, a Richie, a Randy, a Richie. You know, if they'd done it that way and then left Steve off, that's no disrespect to Steve because yeah. he does very well on what he sings on here. Mm. Um, but I mean, and it, this is quite a slap, I suppose, to him, but he is kind of blown out of the water by these other two singers. I'm sure he would not argue with you <laughs> on that. Yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't argue with you on that. I mean, he's got Randy Crawford on there. Well, next time I see him down the pub, I mean, he can yeah. tell me if he thinks otherwise, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, Steve, Steve, do you think you're a better singer than Randy Crawford? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll rephrase that, shall I, Steve? Let me just reset my nose. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm sure, you know, he's done a perfectly good job on this album. He has. Unfortunately, he has been pitted against two people who are a level above Mm. what he's doing and they're just such awesome singers mm -hmm. in a soulful deep way yeah. and then you've got steve doing these what are essentially rock tracks yeah and they don't really it's not that they don't fit because they fit fine it's just mm. i would love to have heard more randy on this it is very much that two halves though isn't it it's the u.s half and the uk half and he's got his prog stuff he's got please don't touch he's got Carrying up the vicarage for God's sake. I like that. <laughs> track. Leave American, it alone. Leave it alone, Simon. The American stuff. Yeah. Randy Crawford and, and Rich Havens on. And the two almost don't work together, but they all fit on the album. But yeah, I think, it, I think it works fine. Yeah, it's a good I'm album. Saying, it's, it's not a great the, album for me. I really, really do like this album. It's one of those things where if you were to ask me what's my favourite track off this, I know I've just mm -hmm. said a couple that are my favourites, but it's like. I wouldn't want to take a track off here and yeah. put it on a mixtape yeah. when I could just listen to the whole album because mm. they work well together, I think. Yeah. So I'd rather listen to the whole album than an individual track, even yeah. though there are some tracks on here like Hoping Love Will Last that I have listened to again and again and again because yeah. I'm a big softie. <laughs> but no, there's a couple of tracks that I can think of as my favourites, but rather than take those out, I would rather listen to the whole album. I think it's a yeah. great album. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, he moves on a little bit from this and he, he goes a bit more straight rock on his next album, which is Spectral Mornings. I quite like that idea um, because I think if he carried on down this where this is going, where we've seen mm. it going, we would have ended up with a more soul and yeah. uh, orientated band. Um, yeah. Because there's no way to go with this that isn't into that era. You yeah. can't... So he would have to go back to rock if he wanted to stay a rock musician. Yeah, and, um, yeah exactly. But this is a nice interlude in his, his albums. It's a nice little yeah. aside where he's doing something. He may not try again in the future, but he wanted mm -hmm. to just try it. Here it is. See what you think. Yeah. And I think, great, I love it. I mean, and spoilers for future Steve Hackett album reviews, he is probably, aside from Peter Gabriel, he's probably the most experimental out of all of them because he tries lots of different things. Um, and and well, whereas Peter, Peter experiments with different types of music in terms of world music and different sounds in production, Steve tries the same sort of thing as well, but in a yeah. more prog rock way. 
Well, there's a lot of stuff on here that he's trying, but he mm. hasn't really strayed from his prog rock roots while he's doing that. Yeah. It's still the same kind of instruments. He's not tried anything really, truly bizarre. I say, there's no tubers in this. <laughs> no. um, it's just that he's kept what, for him, are his main instruments that he's going to use now, in the past and in the future. Yeah. And use them in a slightly different way. Yeah, but overall, good album. Overall, amazing album. Worth listening to. So, let's go to our leaderboard. Leaderboard, leaderboard, leaderboard. Everybody's on top of the So, <laughs> okay. leaderboard time. Where would you put this on your leaderboard? So I'm going to remind you what your ranking is so far. Please, because I have no interest. We're going to have to, it's going to get a, a long part of the podcast at some point because we're going to have a lot. But for now, in first place is Peter Gabriel's first album. Second place, you've got Mike Rutherford. Third place, you've got Voyage of the Acolyte, which is Steve's last album. Fourth place, you've got a Curious Feeling. 45th place, you've got The Geese and the Ghost. I like to think ahead. 61st place, Unorthodox Behaviour. 62nd place, your face value. Where is this album going to fit in with that little lot? Well, I'm going to do a bit of juggling around because I'm going to put this as my third favourite album. So above Voyage of the Acolyte, yeah? Yep. So behind Small Creeps Day for you. Yep. There we go. My top seven so far because I, I am conventional and sticking with seven. Hey, I was just thinking ahead, man. <laughs> if you're planning to make me go through all of these solo albums, <laughs> I need to think way ahead. There you go, then. So mine is in one, Peter Gabriel. Right. In two. Wow, we're not going to do this all the way through, are we? In three, Mike Rutherford, Small Creeps Day. In four, Voyage of the Acolyte. Five is Unorthodox Behaviour. Six, Geese and the Ghost. And seven, A Curious Feeling. I'm going to put this at number five. Ooh. Not Uh, too far out of where I put it, then. Yeah, not too far, uh, because I like it more than Brand X and those other three. Why wouldn't you? Uh, I think Voyage of the Acolyte just has the edge for me. Just pips it, does it? Because it's just a little bit more consistent in the album. I think Mm. there's not much to choose between the songs and the style of music on the two albums, but Voyage of the Acolyte has that consistency where it sounds like everything should be on that album, whereas I really, really don't like carrying up the vicarage on this album. Fair um, enough, but there you go. So, Simon, tell me, what is my homework for next week? Your homework for next week is going to be, it's a bit of a good one, Peter Gabriel's second solo album, often referred to as Scratch. Okie dokie. So I shall I shall immediately that. begin listening to that. This is actually one of the albums I have heard before. Oh good. <laughs> so I am yeah. aware of I am aware of Mr. Gabriel's work. His oeuvre. His oeuvre. <laughs> I felt his oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> now, now listeners, if you are curious to listen to any of the albums we have spoken about in our weekly podcasts, then you can go to Amazon Music Unlimited. And listen to that. And for three months, listeners to the Revelation Station podcast can have free Music Unlimited. If you click on our link, which is in the podcast description, or go to our website and find the link on our homepage, sign up for that. And not only do you get access to 70 million tracks, including a lot of the tracks we've been talking about, you also, Amazon will donate money to the podcast. 
So it's a win-win situation. You get to listen to music for free for three months. We get a bit of Wonga. We get lovely moolah. We get a bit of Wonga. And if you prefer not to sell your soul to Amazon, as I mentioned at the top of the show, see, that's professional speak, that is. Ooh. You can go to buymeacoffee.com and you can donate the price of a coffee. That's about $3 or more, if you prefer, to the running of the podcast. And now for doing that, you get access to 10 mini episodes that I have recorded myself. And you can only get those. They will not be put made available on the regular feed. You can only get those by donating to buymeacoffee.com. So get listening to Peter Gabriel. Yes, and I shall. I shall do my, my due diligence on this. Join us next week for that episode. In the meantime, everybody, take care. Take care and stay safe. And join us next week for more fun. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. But it is very much in the in the way. Uh, 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 I forgot. <laughs>